that's my biggest regret <laughs> of my step parenting career. <laughs> and um, so far. So far, far, yes. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. David, do you want to tell everybody what you did today? I left you. Why did you leave me? Because I had other things to do. (laughs) 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 <laughs> no fault of your own. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say, cause of your mouth. Um, No, that would be a lie. And, you know, try to stay away from those. Yes. Don't but. lie, people. Don't lie. <laughs> nope. So, uh, yep, I left you, and I'm not planning on coming back till Thursday. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, the, uh, the job is taking me out of town. And uh, so we are actually recording this. In two separate states, believe it or not. Yes, we are. You are in the state of confusion, and I am in the state of Georgia. <laughs> so, as people listening to this are probably like, oh, it sounds pretty normal, but no. Nope. It, it is all but normal. But, you know, you may even be to hear some sounds around me. I don't know. I mean, I'm recording from my hotel room, so it's probably... Probably can hear some stuff. The double tree where they give you free cookies. Yeah, the lady actually asked me. She's like, would you like to have a free cookie? And I'm like, lady, this is the only reason I booked here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I told me. you when I was out in Colorado and we were stuck there for like three weeks or a month, whatever it was, that every time we'd leave for dinner, we'd tell them when we'd be back to have some cookies ready. I know. I'm like, I can't believe you even asked me that question. <laughs> Do I want mm-hmm. a free cookie? And it was warm, like the cookie was still warm and hot. It's supposed to be. And, and the chocolate on the top was really soft and melted. The macadamia okay. nuts. That's enough. That's enough. Nice and warm. And All right. Take a so bite let's out of talk it. About, and like your mouth would just start warm. <laughs> let's talk about the Sylvia Krakauer Scholarship. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Sylvia Krakauer has donated some money to Nacho Kids Academy mm-hmm. for scholarships. Right. And we matched her donation, mm-hmm. which has enabled us to give a free month of the Nacho Kids Academy every two weeks till the end of the year. But in the month of December, it's every week. Wow. Merry Christmas. If you would like to apply for the scholarship, just send us a video saying why you believe that you deserve the scholarship. And you can email that to us at contactus at nachokids.com. And if the file is too large, then you can send us a Dropbox link or a Google Drive link or whatever. And it doesn't have to be of your pretty face if you're camera shy. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. And and just to say, if you don't think you deserve it, then just tell us why you want it. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I do need to announce the winner of this week's Sylvia Crack Hour Nacho Kids Academy Scholarship. All right. Who is it? Jenna S. Congratulations, Jenna S. Congratulations. Woo! We're so excited. <laughs> when you get us like a party song to play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now you got me thinking of songs. Okay. Focus, Lori. Focus. <laughs> All right. So you'll be reaching out to Jenna and telling her the great news, right? Yes. I got All that right. taken care of. Good deal. All right, Jenna. See you in the Academy. Okay. The lady that we are interviewing today is an anonymous stepmom from Washington State. Mm. And guess what? 
She saw Bigfoot. Is Bigfoot in Washington State? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> this podcast will be released on a Friday, as usual. Okay. And her birthday is Sunday. Woo! So we were releasing it two days before her birthday? Uh-huh. Are you really? Yeah. Well, how cool is that? So did you mean to do that? I did. Oh, aren't you just sweet? So, happy birthday to anonymous stepmom in Washington State. Woo! Yeah, happy birthday, whoever you is. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> happy birthday, you anonymous person. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> you could probably do that every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it happens to be your birthday Sunday, happy birthday. <laughs> Yeah. Happy birthday to everybody who has a birthday Sunday. (laughs) Well, you just took all the specialness out of it. (laughs) Okay. Well, then forget that part. Only happy birthday to the anonymous stepmom from Washington State on Sunday. Which could be any stepmom. (laughs) (laughs) David, you're killing me. (laughs) All right. I was trying to make this special for her. You did. It is absolutely generically special. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> All righty. So what, uh, what's the uh, Bigfoot stepmom got going on? She's been blending. Well, they moved in together about two years ago. Mm-hmm. And she has two stepkids. Okay. And three bio kids. I know this is going to shock y'all. She deals with a high conflict bio mom. Dun, dun, dun. All across the world, there are high conflict bio moms. Mm-hmm. And, of course, things got harder when they moved in together, not surprisingly. Mm -mm. She started struggling, was dreading the stepkids coming for their visitation. And like most people, she did not look for help until she started struggling. Yep. You know, why would you look for help if you're not struggling? That's like a skinny person joining Weight Watchers. (laughs) Well, some people do not necessarily looking for help. When they're not struggling, but that sometimes they do look for guidance. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. You know, we did that. Yeah, we did. But I think until you're really struggling, no matter what you hear, yeah. it just doesn't carry that same weight. I, I can't remember the phrase, but I was reading a book recently and it was talking about uh, basically professional services. So you're providing a service to solve a problem. And, uh, and I don't remember the exact name of it, but basically they said there's the point at which somebody, feels enough pain to finally make a decision to implement the solution is the point at which they get the most value. So, which is to say it it has to be painful before you're ready to make that commitment. Right. And that's, that's usually what we see when, when, when we say, well, they can't, they come to us when things are getting bad. Well, that's because the pain is finally to the point where they're like, we've got to do something. Because mm-hmm. we can't keep going down this road. Right. Or I'm going to end up in jail. Right. Yeah. So, and, and that's unfortunate that we, we're just that way. We're wired that way. Most of us are. That we're going to try to handle it ourselves. We're going to try to figure it out ourselves. We're going to get to a point to where the pain is unbearable before we finally go have something done. I know I do that when it's like going to the dentist or <laughs> sometimes even the doctor. And people do that oftentimes, even in their relationships. Mm-hmm. True. I'm not like that with the dentist, though. I love going to the dentist. Oh, God, you're so weird. I know. That's now, a whole other story. When I was a kid, I didn't mind going because it had this little thing they put on your face. The laughing gas. But he called it the Snoopy nose. <laughs> so it's like 
you know, it was like, hey, let's introduce kids to getting high early on. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I still remember that smell. I know. Dude, They would. I'd go in there, and even if it was a teeth cleaning, I'd be like, you will give me some gas? <laughs> I wonder why they don't give it to adults. I don't know, man, but I had it every time. I was like, I want the gas. <laughs> that reminds me of that Final Destination movie where um, the person's in the dentist office and that thing falls in their mouth. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Those movies are crazy. I love those movies. Because <laughs> that's, that's how my mind thinks. You're right. It is. It goes straight to the, what is the absolute worst thing that could possibly happen right now? It used to be really bad until I learned the tools that Nacho taught me. <laughs> How to stop those crazy thoughts. Yes, law. So anyway, for those of you out there who are struggling even a little bit, I mean, just the fact that you're listening to this podcast means that you're at least, you know, reaching out and to gain information and insight and help. But um, keep going. Don't don't let it get so painful that, you know, by the time you're reaching out for actual help, that things are almost hopeless. Yeah, that you're ready to throw in the towel. Yeah. It's just amazing that people do that. And I'm not speaking like I'm somebody who jumps out there asking people for help anytime I run into a problem. I'm the same way. I'm like, I'm going to try to fix this myself first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the, the funny thing is that when it comes to relationship and step family issues, oftentimes we see people doing this, doing the same thing. Actually, the advice they're typically given is you need to do more of what's not working to get it to work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we had a coaching call the other day and, and the lady said we went to a family therapist or, or counselor or whatever. And they told us that I just needed to love the kids more and be more involved in their lives. The stepkids rather. And I'm thinking that makes no sense. You're, you're already not getting along with them. You have all these issues with them. You have all these mental blocks between you and those kids doing more of that is not going to solve the issue. Well, no, the counselor person was saying you need to love them more, which means, you know, don't complain about them. Don't fuss about them. <laughs> let them walk all over you. Is that what it means? <laughs> I don't know. But if you're a counselor for blended families or a therapist or whatever, and you tell the stepmom that she's just not loving the stepkids enough, you need to go away. <laughs> you will get hate mail. <laughs> I don't care because you are not helping these stepmoms. You are making them feel like doo-doo. Yeah, that's true. And it's very true. And every every family is very different. Like we do know step families where, you know, the kids the stepkids love the stepmom, stepmom loves the stepkids and all that. But typically when people are having issues and they come to you and they're like, Look, these stepkids are driving me crazy and you know, dad's saying, You need to love my kids like you love your own and there's a lot of issues going on. There's a lot of problems happening in that relationship. And just telling somebody um, you just needed to do more of what's not working is crazy. Right. And then, you know, these therapists aren't going to tell the stepkids, you just need to love the stepmom more. You need to, <laughs> you know, do more things for her. No. If they go to a, a child, a stepchild goes to a therapist or a counselor, they'll go, oh, we know it's hard and you have every right to feel that way and blah, blah, blah. Because, again, <laughs> it's normal. For the mm -hmm. stepkid to hate the stepmom. But if yeah. the stepmom doesn't love little Johnny with all her heart, she's evil and she's not doing a good job and she should burn at the stake. 
Well, I would even go so far as to say it's normal that stepmoms don't like their stepkids. It's just not. David. Oh, yes, I said it. It's not something people want to talk about oftentimes. Sometimes people even lie to themselves about it. But I think it is normal for the stepmom to not like the stepkids. Doesn't mean that that can't change because that's one of the things that we strive to do with the Not Your Kids method. But there typically comes a time, usually right after everybody kind of gets together, um, where there starts to be friction between the stepkids and the stepmom. And, uh, and so I'd say, at least in my experience, it's very normal for the stepkids to not like the stepmom. And it is very normal for the stepmom to not like the stepkids. You are not crazy because you feel that way or because that's happening in your blended family. Right. And you're not a bad person. Nope. And it can change and things can be better, but it doesn't happen by ignoring it. And it doesn't happen by forcing some kind of blended bliss. And it doesn't happen by doing more of what's not working. Right. All right. All right. So, <laughs> so let's get to listening. All right. Let's get into this interview right after a word about the Nacho Kids Academy. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit nachokidsacademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's nachokidsacademy.com. Today, we have Stepmom from Washington State. Hey, Stepmom from Washington State. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. So, how long have you been blending? Um, so, I met my fiancé um, in 2016. We've been together ever since May of 2016, but we moved in together, I think, two years ago, so 2018. Okay. Do you count when you guys move in together as blending or ever since you started kind of dating? Probably when you move in together, because that's when things kind of seem to change with the kids. That's what I thought. Okay. So then two years, I guess. Okay. And how many stepkids do you have? I have two, an 11-year-old stepson and a nine-year-old stepdaughter. Okay. And what visitation schedule do you have with them? Um, So Wednesdays at 2.45. No, sorry. Tuesdays at 2.45. They get picked up uh, at their mom's, and then he has them till six on Wednesday, I believe, or is it six thirty? And then every other weekend, which is um Friday through Sunday. Okay. And then you have bio kids as well. Yes. I have uh twins, boy girl twins, uh they're seven. And then I have my youngest is four. Okay. And what's the visitation schedule with them? Do they go to their dads or do you pretty much have them all the time? Uh they have no contact with their dad. They haven't since two thousand fifteen because I I don't feel that he is capable of um, being a good father at this point in time in his life. If he ever were to make the effort to reach out and through the court system and get some sort of visitation, I would um, do it. But um, he hasn't attempted that. So, so you, you and your ex-husband split up mm-hmm. and you met this guy that had kids. Were you reluctant to get in a relationship with somebody that had kids or did you feel like I have kids, I should be with somebody else that has kids or did you even have a thought process about that? Um, so I remember walking to the grocery store one day and thinking I am never going to meet anybody with these three kids acting so naughty in the grocery store. <laughs> you know, like they're just going to see me in this, this crazy herd. 
So that crossed through their mind and I was like, and I also thought, well, I don't want to have to deal with Mark kids. I already have three. It's a lot. Um, so yeah, when I was introduced to him, I was very hesitant because I was like, you know, you're involving in other, other people. And so it can be hurtful if you don't commit fully. Um, and I think we just started off because we we had both been alone for quite a while and we just wanted to have someone to talk to who had gone through similar experiences, I guess. And um, so it was a friendship for quite a while until we started to really care for each other. And uh, um, I don't, we didn't introduce each other to our kids very, right on the, or right off the bat, but um, yeah, very hesitant. So <laughs> I remember when I was making my list of what I wanted in somebody, I was like, I want somebody that has kids because I want them to understand being a parent. Oh, yeah. And I thought that would be difficult with somebody that didn't have kids. Well, I didn't. Uh, once I actually there was one guy I met before him and I, I realized that I was like, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to try to let you learn to be daddy <laughs> right now. Oh, with mine. But uh, but then I met him and I thought daddy was with his kids. And I was like, that's exactly what I my kids and I have been missing out on, you know. Mm-hmm. with their dad so yeah so you get together you meet the kids did that go well oh yeah it went good we went to like a playground and met and they you know kids all played and um his kids were pretty young then and um it it was uh pretty simple nobody asked too many questions or anything it was uh pretty easy going meet at the park yeah yeah when you moved in did your relationship with the stepkids stay you know, in a good place or did things get a little tougher? It, it did get tougher, but at first his kids were like wanting us to move in. They were asking and when we were going to move in together and blah, blah, blah. Um, so it was like, it, it, we definitely, we had, we took our time with it. And um, when we felt it was right, we did do it. We just kind of moved in though. We didn't warn, we, they knew it was coming. Like they knew we were going to move in. The kids did, but we just didn't give them a time. And then it just like happened. And I think that, duh, that was a dumb idea. Cause like that's shocking for kids. <laughs> they come home and you're there. <laughs> At the same time, when you have five kids and they ask a gajillion questions all the time and you don't want to like tell them about something that's going to happen in the future. Cause you just don't want to hear the gajillion questions until that happens. Um, and then I think also it was cause of their, their bio mom is um, she would have somehow turned it into a situation that wasn't necessarily a situation. And, we just wanted to have control of that so she didn't have the opportunity to do that. Right. And what about your kids? Were they excited about moving in? Were they like, we don't want to move there? Yeah, they were excited. They, um, I think they're disappointed about, um, because we had kind of moved around a lot in the last, those years. Like we moved out of our house with my ex into my parents' house, which was crazy. And then I moved into an apartment. And so I think they were like finally settling and they like really enjoyed having our house again but then we moved again because it was just like this to me I didn't like the apartment it's an apartment it had like mold growing in it um so I was I was happy to move and then be with my fiance um and uh they they were all excited you know they get they um they enjoy their um step siblings so they were they enjoy being around them good now when you moved in did how did their relationship with your significant other how did that go? Uh, how did it change for me and my significant other or? No, for your kids. Did your kids seem to kind of um, not like living there? Did they adjust pretty quickly? 
I think everyone uh, was okay. I mean, it took some time because, um, well, for starters, we're remodeling our home and all five kids share one room, which is not ideal at all. Holy moly. Yeah. So there was a lot of like trying to teach respect for space and own personal items because there's not a lot of room. So Mm -hmm. um, we're in the process of remodeling and getting the boys' room finished. Mm -hmm. Um, So they have a room because this is not the situation we wanted at all for them. But, you know, we don't make a lot of money. He pays a huge chunk of it to child support. So it's really hard to uh, (laughs) get any remodeling done sometimes. But we're pretty close to having another room. So, but yeah, it it took a lot of time. And I have a four-year-old and she gets into everything. Well, at the time she was three, Mm -hmm. I think when I moved in, because she's almost five now. Um, and it was, uh, it was hard on all the kids, you know, and I tried to just remind the older ones she's little and I'm trying to teach her, but you know, they, they get pretty hurt sometimes if she like messes with their stuff. So, mm-hmm. but, um, and also like his kids, the, my stepkids are not used to having to share anything cause they, you know, before I came into the picture, they had their own stuff and so it's not like they really share their toys. Um, and when they're at their moms, they have their own room and stuff. So it's a huge change for them, especially my kids are used to sharing, but they aren't. So, Right. Yeah. Cause your kids are closer in age. Well, no, his kids are two years apart and then yeah. yours are three years apart. Yeah. But um, his kids are a boy and girl and they just seem to kind of have their own interests. Like his son likes to be outside a lot and his daughter's uh, more right and kind of a couch potato. And, you know, so they, they don't really like, I mean, they do play together, but they don't, seem to clash too much they, they yeah. like to pick on each other most families like to pick on each other so that's not abnormal right and you know that's funny you bring that up because my next question was going to be how the kids interact because you said in the beginning they got along well which I'm assuming that they're still getting along pretty well considering they're sharing a room and nobody's you know been put in the hospital or <laughs> yeah I think that I think they get along pretty good now I mean like I said it's a lot of um they, my, my stepkids aren't here all the time. So we have to tell my kids that they're not here. They're sometimes at their moms and when they're at their moms, it's really hurtful when you're touching their things and breaking it or whatever, because they don't get any say as to whether you can touch that or not, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so I, I get onto my kids a lot and, and about that. And they, I think that everyone has finally kind of gotten into the habit of making sure they're keeping away from each other's stuff. So. And that's important. Yeah. Well, and a lot of times, too, like you said, in normal, quote, quote, families, the kids have these issues. So it's not abnormal that you're dealing with that. Oh, yeah, of course. And then, of course, their mom makes everything way worse than it actually is all the time, no matter what. So it's like you have to constantly, like, even if um, it's not a big deal and I could let them play with that toy while they're at their mom's. If they found out and then told their mom, she'd turn it into a huge issue, you know, like, but... Um, so it's, it's really annoying that way, but, um, but yeah, I think for the most part, they, they get along pretty good. I, um, focus on, because of Nacho, I focus on how my kids are interacting with, um, his kids and I make sure that my kids are doing what they're supposed to be doing, you know, and then it's up to him if he, if, uh, his kids are causing issues. So you do Nacho? Yes. Yeah. I started, so uh, we moved in together. Um, things were hunky dory. There was a honeymoon phase, and then it got really <laughs> ugly, you know, because it was, uh, you know, I'm moving in and I'm getting rid of things and I'm putting up my stuff and I'm 
this is so-and-so space isn't your space anymore. And this is this, I do this routine and we're not doing that routine anymore. You know? And so I was like, I'm the parent. I want to do what I want to say, <laughs> what I say, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, and I think that, I mean, and after listening to your podcast, this, you know, all, of course all this happens. And then I search for help after I start to struggle. But, um, <laughs> but I, um, so yeah, I started to notice changes then and I didn't know why. And I just, instead of, you know, being more gentle or whatever, I just pushed harder with my own personal opinions and how to discipline or whatnot. And it just kept getting worse. And then finally I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. You know, I'm dreading every time they're coming. So I just, you know, and, and then like, they're not here for very long. So if I have any complaints about them, their dad, it just feels like I'm just complaining about them the whole time and mm-hmm. they're here. And that stresses him out, you know, cause he's already stressed cause there's transition day where the kids come back from their mom. So like they're acting different and they're stressed out because it's a different routine and they have to share their things. And, and, um, so it's hard for uh, him to, on top of that, once we put the kids to bed, I'm just like, guess what? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, nachoing has definitely helped me and it continues to, I'm not perfect now. There's still a lot. I, I mean, I still screw up all the time, but, um, so yeah, I got bad again and then I started, I found nacho and then it started to get better because I like the, literally the first day I tried it, it was better. And, uh, isn't that amazing? Oh yeah. Well, let me tell you what my first day was like doing it. Okay. So our biggest time where the kids and I would have the worst problem, me and my stepkids was getting school. Cause I'd be, I'm the kind of like, get up, get dressed, eat, go, go, go. You know, and I'm like, I want to be on time. I don't want to like, and I get uh, a little too anxious. Which mm-hmm. is, is not okay. But, um, well, his kids didn't handle it well and stuff. And I was just like, why can't you, like, just told you to put your shoes on. I don't understand why you're, you know, having a fit now. I just, and then it turned into an issue. And then we'd have fighting in the mornings and stuff. And it was just stressful for everybody. Well, the first day I tried, I was like, I'm not going to say anything. I don't care if we're late. I'm not going to help out with getting any of his kids ready. I'm going to let him do whatever. And I'm going to just get my kids ready. And then if, if we're late, then I'm just going to be like, well, I'm going to drop my kids off. You can be late, you know. But, Turns out everything went fine. <laughs> and then I was mad because I, I wasn't right. I wanted to be right. <laughs> I wanted to be right that I was the re- needed for, you know, getting kids ready and stuff. And, you know, and I do help, but I didn't need to add all that stress. It was unnecessary. So. <laughs> yeah. And I would get up. I remember David's kids would say I hollered at them in the morning. What it was is I would open the door and say, rise and shine, kids that ain't mine, or something like that. <laughs> but they yeah. were used to mama coming in and rubbing their back and waking them up all quiet oh, yeah. and yeah. calmly. So, yeah, they probably did feel like I was hollering at them, but I didn't wake them up any differently than I <laughs> I turned the lights on. And I'm like, get up. We ain't yeah. got time. <laughs> yeah, but see, you can do that with your kids. Oh, but yeah. with the yeah. stepkids, you know, no, 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 you can't do that. No. Yeah. And it's funny because I'm like, I didn't holler at them. And, you know, then one of them, he's kind of the meek one. And he's like, it sure does feel that way. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, well, you know, then I realized, oh, wait a minute. They're not used to being woken up like that. And so, I mean, it's just, it's different. And then, like you said, we come in and we start changing everything and they're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I never had to eat broccoli before. I didn't have to go to bed at 8.15. I didn't have to take a shower but once a week. And here you are making me eat broccoli, go to bed at 7 o'clock at night, and I have to take a shower every day. Who are you, you hateful woman? 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, brushing teeth. I hate it when I ask them to brush their teeth. Which when you said that on, on the, like, I think almost the first podcast I listened to, I was like, yep. <laughs> like, uh, it, and it's not like it's the thing I'm telling them to do. It's because I told them to do it. You exactly. Know? Just, like, so sick of, you know, and their dad is completely capable. Mm-hmm. So, um, which is why, I, you know, started dating him is because he's, he took care of his kids so well. And it's like, and which is what you have always reminded us on our, on the podcast. So. And yeah. it's like, well, why now do I suddenly think he's not capable? Mm-hmm. Because we think we're better. <laughs> you know, we're, we're motherly. We're, you know, the females. That's what we do in life is we raise kids. Yeah. No, we, no. And then, so yeah, things got better because I started nachoing. Like I, I, I nachoed a lot in, in a lot of ways. So for instance, I could say hi to my stepson when he got home from school and he'd get mad at me. I'd just say hi to him. It's like, I don't understand why he's mad now. So yeah, he would come home from school and he'd get mad just for me saying hi. Well, I got to the point where I just wouldn't even say hi to him because mm-hmm. it just, he had a problem with it. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to not show that too. Um, and I found out partially is because his mom interrogates him whenever he comes home from our house or from school or whatever. And he just wants to be like left alone. And, and so it's like, I guess in his eyes, I was like interrogating him. <laughs> about his day or whatever yes yeah, i mean you can say did you have a good day at school and oh my God, yeah he would be mad yeah so. well which makes sense considering his mom is interrogating him about what happens there because if you ask how his day was then he goes back to his mom the next day and she says well did she talk to you <laughs> you know then he's having to yeah. go through the whole thing whereas if you just don't interact with him it was easier for him to say she didn't say anything to me the whole time Oh yeah, exactly. And that's what made me feel better about it. Cause it's like, you know, even if I have any sort of interaction with him, she can find a way to turn it into something negative. Mm-hmm. If she wants to. So, and then, so yeah. Um, and then, so I got pretty good at like picking out the things that were either causing me stress or causing the kids stress and choosing to either just avoid it or in- interact differently. And it was, those things started to get better. And then um, all of a sudden their attitudes and everything started changing. And I, I was like, I'm doing everything I can think of, you know, I'm doing all that I've learned, you know, I, I can't think of what's going on. Well, you know, and now I, I ever since then I've heard them say things that maybe was that she's been saying things to them to make them negative and have negative feelings towards me. So, right. So, um, so yeah, um, I do still have to not show more than I would like because of that, because she'll, like I said, turn situations negative. Um, but I've been able to engage in areas that I used to not be able to because I know how to re-engage properly now. Mm-hmm. And um, and I also know I can tell now when the warning signs of back off. <laughs> you know, you know, this is a uh, not going to be a good time to engage. You know, in the situation. So. Right. And it makes us more aware of what's going on. So if you asking the stepkid, hey, how was your day at school? And he would get mad. Then you're like, wait a minute, something's wrong. I don't need to do that for whatever reason. It just makes things uncomfortable. So you step back from that. And then you may or may not figure out why he's acting that way. But eventually you will be able to have the kid walk in and he'll say hey to you. Yeah. Oh yeah. And now I can talk to him and he's fine. And I just, I can just tell now like when to back off and that's nice. And, um, and then now I choose, uh, well, I do watch his kids occasionally, but mainly that's, you know, up to my fiance's to, um, to, you know, if, if they 
are with him, they're with him. But mm-hmm. sometimes he'll like need to run to the store for a minute or something, and that's fine, and I'll and I'll watch them. Um, I don't mind doing that. But there was one instance where he went to go look at a job or something, and he asked his kids if they wanted to come, and they said no. And then he said uh, to his stepdaughter that he to do her homework and then take a shower because she had to leave to her mom soon. And this is a time where I should have. Now I know. <laughs> I should have said, no, she, if she does her homework or takes a shower, then that's up to her. And I'll still watch her and I'll just, you know, let her do whatever she wants while she, we're here and you're not. Or I could have said, well, you're going to either have to stay or take her with you. But I didn't. <laughs> and I tried really hard to interact with her because this kid will get so intense. She, um, she will do the opposite of what you say constantly. So, Oh, the rebel child. Yeah. And she's really good. But if, but she will not do what you want. And if she will fight you to the death for it too. Um, but for instance, so she was supposed to do her homework and I tried to help her and she's getting frustrated, which made it worse. And I was still trying to be calm. And I was like, you know, if you want to do your homework, it's fine. Why don't you go take a shower? Then like your dad said, she didn't want to do that. She wanted to throw a fit and scribble on her homework and throw her paper down and stuff. And I was like, all right, you need to just take a shower cause you have a bad attitude. And, um, and she wouldn't do it. And then I, got upset because if this is my kid I'd be like well you're not going to tell me no I'm going to make you take a shower um so I picked her up and I put her in the bathroom and I sat her on a chair I didn't hurt her or anything and I said don't come out until you've taken a shower I didn't undress her she was fine she wasn't upset she was very mad she wasn't crying or anything mm-hmm. and um so that situation has turned into I'm an abusive parent um because she went and told her mom granted I'm not saying that that was okay what I did um, I regret it now. Not like I hurt her anyway, but that wasn't my responsibility to do. Right. Um, if it, like I said, if it was my kid, that's how I would have handled the situation and they would have handled it fine. Cause I'm their mom. But, mm-hmm. um, that's my biggest regret <laughs> of my step parenting career. <laughs> and, um, so far. <laughs> so far, so far, yes, I'm sure maybe there'll be more, but hopefully not like that. I don't want it to be any more worse than that, but yeah. Um, but like I said, she was fine. Um, she talked to her dad about it. Her dad talked about it, and I told him everything that happened. And um, and he, she, she knew that she should have listened. But then, of course, she went to mom and she cried and told her that she was frightened. She wasn't frightened. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so then there was a long text saying how I'm basically not supposed to interact with the kids at all, other than just I'm in the room. That's it. So. Um, all right, fine. But then she's going to start complaining that you're ignoring her kids. Oh, she did. Oh, we'll get to that. But <laughs> she, <laughs> um, she, and, and then after that, I told Brandon, like, if this is going to escalate when they're, sorry, I told my fiance that this will escalate when um, she becomes a teenager. If she's going to continue to, you know, say things that aren't true, that I like hurt her, or scared her or whatever, you know, and she has lied about things other than what I did um, since then. And um, so I'm just letting him know, like, you know, who are you going to believe when that time comes, when she becomes a teenager and is better at lying? Mm-hmm. You know, and, I, and I've told him, like, now I feel comfortable being alone with her because I know that um, I, I can control myself and I know that how to properly um, step-parent now or I'm getting better at it as the time comes by. But... But I also know that if a situation ever like that happened again, I would tell him I'm not going to be alone with her anymore. It's almost like you have to be the babysitter. You can't be in a parenting mode. 
you have to do like a babysitter would. A babysitter wouldn't sit down and talk to her like that. A babysitter would be like, okay, fine. I'll just let your dad know you didn't take a shower. Oh, yeah. Yeah, now I know that. And I I feel bad that I did that. And it, it's, it's something that I don't even want to like talk about because I know like this is going to be out there for people to listen to and judge. But it's but step parents get frustrated and this stuff happens. And granted, like I said, it wasn't abusive, but it was something that, um, you know, is now that he's going to court is going to be used against him, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I could have not done that. And then, um, and then he would have much easier about it. But, you know, you just have to hope that the court system or the judge is smart enough to know, Look, the kids play the stepmom against the bio mom, and then the bio mom a lot of time is high conflict. So you, yeah. you just hope that they're not um, completely ignorant. Oh, yeah. Well, and then um, ever since then, you know, I, like I said, I started not showing. I could basically would like, I could tell when they're on the way here from their mom's house, I would be stressed out instead of complaining to my fiance. I, um, I would go in my room, fold laundry, drink wine and watch TV. (laughs) Um, And so now it's kind of my joke that I put on a lot of people's, how do I not show this? I'm just like, go in your room, fold laundry, drink wine. Like, (laughs) and then like, he'd be like, why are you hiding? And I'd be like, Oh, I'm not. I got to fold this laundry. So. (laughs) Yeah. And and there's nothing wrong from avoiding conflict. Oh yeah. Well, and I didn't want to like, he wants to have a good time with his kids and I don't want to always be like, well, I'm already stressed. Your kids aren't even here, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and a lot of this was a lot of learning because the more you do it, the more you realize how much it's a control thing for yourself. Also, you know, you just want to, um, it's very humbling. <laughs> yes. And, um, uh, but yeah, so that's what I did a lot. And then it got to the point where I didn't have to. And then I, the kids, I started noticing that his, kids wanted to hang out with me and engage with me and ask me to do things with them. So I'd started to do that. And I, and I started off doing it like if I wanted to, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, do I feel like it? Sure. Let's go do that. Um, and so we did a lot of bike rides cause that was our thing at the time. Um, and they really enjoyed it and I enjoyed it. It was a good time to have some personal time with his kids and cause it's hard to find opportunities with them to have some sort of personal time. But, um, and then I, my tires popped because I ran over some goat heads, and I haven't gotten them fixed since. So we haven't done bike rides in a long time. Some goat heads? Yeah, there's, um, you know those little, you don't know what goat heads are? <laughs> no, girl, I'm from South Carolina. <laughs> okay, they're like, they're like weeds, and they call them goat heads, and they have like spikes on them. And if you run over them um, with your bike tire, apparently they pop. So they're like little nails on the ground. Wow. I know we have um, a tree, and I don't know the name of it but it's got like thorns on it. That's like three inches long. Mm -hmm. Like you could kill yourself if you ran into that tree. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, we don't have that. (laughs) Those are called goat heads, what you're talking about? Yeah, I thought everyone knew what those were. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) But um, so yeah, I ran over those and then we kind of didn't do bike rides for a while. And then she kind of was really starting to be mean to me. And I was like, I'm not going to interact with her kids because I don't want to give her any more fuel for the fire. So I stopped kind of like, I started, and I was like, you know what? I've been focusing on make, making sure my relationship with her kids is so good that I've forgotten to like focus on my own three kids. Mm-hmm. And so I started focusing on my kids more. Well, none, they went to mediation and they were trying to talk about a new schedule. And um, she is like, and why doesn't she ride bikes with the kids anymore? The kids loved that. And I'm like, first of all, this is mediation about you two. What, why am I even being brought up? 
Mm-hmm. And why do you care if I interact with them if you say I'm abusive? You know, it's like. Right. If you're just supposed to sit there and shut up, then okay. So I'm like, uh, I thought that was funny. But <laughs> and I was like, don't. And at that time when she asked, I was like, well, first of all, it's the middle of winter and it's like raining and snowing. I'm not going on a bike ride. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, I popped my tires, but I don't need to explain that to you because. I can do what I want at my house. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, She's all up in your business, isn't she? Oh yeah. Well, I mean like she, I know she interrogates her kids cause we'll get a bunch of texts 30 minutes later after they're picked up. Mm. She asks them every night what they eat when she calls them to talk to them. She's like, what did you eat and stuff? So like, like, and uh, it's so frustrating. It's like we feed them, but she tries, she tries to say we don't feed them according to their allergies, which she's a, she's got Munchausen's probably. So, well, let me tell you something funny. I think a lot of times she may, well, I, I'll speak for myself. I would ask my son what he had eaten just for conversation, you know, because it's kind of hard to talk to kids when they're younger, but you can be like, do you eat supper? And they're like, yeah, what'd you eat? You know, kind of thing, not really interrogating him. But uh-huh. every time I would ask my son, you know, even when I would pick him up on Sundays, I would say, have you eaten? So I'd know whether I needed to feed him or not. And he'd say, uh-huh. yeah. And I'd say, what'd you eat? Eggs. Every time my kids said eggs and I'm thinking, <laughs> what in the world is, you know, is that all his dad's fixing him is eggs? And I'm like, poor kid. And, you know, yeah. thinking it's horrible because every time I'd say, you know, would you eat eggs? It didn't matter <laughs> if it was breakfast, lunch or supper, eggs. And <laughs> so funny. But come to find out my kid loves eggs. <laughs> I don't well, like eggs. So I didn't fix them. So he would yeah. get them at his dad's and I guess his dad would say, what do you want? And he'd say eggs. So they had <laughs> eggs all the time. And I'm thinking that his dad's neglecting him by giving him eggs all the time when actually my son was probably asking for them. <laughs> yeah. My stepdaughter will eat cereal all day long. If that's, if, if you give her the choice, so, mm-hmm. um, which we cook a lot of um, good meals, you know, and my stepkids have allergies, like they're gluten intolerant, they're dairy intolerant. They, um, nut free, soy free. <laughs> oh, wow. I think, is that everything? Yeah, I think that's everything. Can they eat um, anything? Yeah, they can, but it has caused them to be incredibly picky eaters. So, um, my kids aren't really picky, so they'll eat whatever I put on their plate. But so that was really hard. That's another thing that caused a lot of fights was I'd make food and then they would be so rude about it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I could tell just by looking at the table, like we'd be looking at each other at the table, like like with such intense feelings coming yeah. off of each other, you know? And it was like, um, now I look back and I was like, why did I even care? Just like, let their dad worry about it. Let him stress about it. Like, why does it matter? Yeah. Broccoli is not the hill to die on for sure. Yeah. Well, I know I'll cook the same stuff that I've tried to get them to eat, but I don't, I'll just put whatever we'll put, stuff that they don't like on their plate, but I let it be up to their dad if they're going to make him eat them eat it or not. And so now dinner is a much more enjoyable experience. They, uh, they don't feel like I'm like a drill sergeant when it's time to eat dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and there's, and I've noticed that his son is starting to come around and uh, tr- he seems to be maturing, I guess. I don't know, but he, he'll try new things and I can tell he doesn't like it, but he won't complain and he'll, he'll say that he liked it or he'll, you know, and I appreciate that of him, even though I haven't like been pushing him. So, mm-hmm. um, 
So how did your husband or your fiance handle that when you would fix dinner and the stepkids were like, I'm not eating that? Or would he say anything or would he say that's disrespectful or just fix them something else to eat? We back each other up on everything um, pretty well with parenting. Uh, So he'd always back me up, which I think was also hard because they saw me yelling at them first and then him getting onto them, which is like, in the situation we're in, it it seems to them that he's always going to side with me and never them, you know, and, um, which not saying that he shouldn't side with me in that situation, but it just wasn't my place. But he, um, he, uh, was pretty good at, um, backing me up and, and, uh, you know, encouraging them to try new things. And he still is, Mm -hmm. um, encouraging them to try new things. Um, one thing we changed instead of giving them like a pile of vegetables that they don't like, we'll just, I'll give my kids a pile of vegetables because I know they'll eat it, but I'll put one thing of like one carrot on their plate or something. <laughs> and so, and then I'm like, they'll be like, Oh, they'll see me put it on their plate. Like, I don't want to eat that. And I'm like, you know what? You ask your dad if you don't want to eat it, if you don't have to eat it, I'm just putting it on your plate. That's mm-hmm. what I just tell them. And you know, they've actually started to like a lot of things that they didn't used to like. And mainly I do that because like, I can't eat chicken nuggets every night. Okay. I'm not going to oh, do gosh, that. No. <laughs> I'm not going to eat spaghetti every night. I hate spaghetti now because we've had so much of it. And it's just, so I, I'm trying to always find new things because like I need some variety. <laughs> yeah. And also, a lot of things they want to eat make me constipated all the time. So it's like, I'm not going to eat your same diet. And then every time you come, I'm cranky and constipated. So it's not a good mix. <laughs> no, it's not. I remember, um, we would always try to do something different for food than David's ex did because sure enough, they would come to us and we'd say, we're having spaghetti for supper. Well, we had that last night. Yeah. Or, you know, so we tried to change up things. And of course there was that one child that would never eat something. And so we just started having like a variety of things. And actually, mm-hmm. um, you know, David started cooking for him because I, I was done. I was done with hearing how I don't like that or, I'm not eating that or that looks like dog food. I looked at David one day and said, I'm done. When your kids are here, you feed them. If you don't want to cook enough for me and Jackson, I'll go get us something to eat. Simple. Then, of course, when his kids weren't here, um, we actually went out to eat a lot because I don't like to cook at all. And so for me not to like to cook and then them to bash my cooking, it's like, oh, no, no, this is bad anyway. (laughs) And then, of course, you have all the dishes. So, yeah, so David had to cook when they were here. And it's funny because they would do some of the same stuff with him and he started getting aggravated. They weren't as much, I'm not eating that or I don't like that. It would just be, they wouldn't come down for dinner. They would come down, you know, later and then go, well, I eat at Mama's and never have told anybody. So David's like, why do I even bother cooking? Because nobody's eating it. And he'd get so upset and I'd just sit there and be like, "Mm -hmm." yeah. And now my fiance is the one to, you know, fight that battle if he wants to get them to eat something or not. And, um, they're not going to hold that against me or, or, you know, they eat dinner and then they go back to their moms and then tell her how horrible of a person I was at dinner time. Cause that's all they remember. Right. But, um, uh, it's not too hard to cook, uh, something different because, uh, I don't think their mom is a very good cook. <laughs> <laughs> so I, and I know I, I'm not a great cook, but I know I can cook semi-decent. So can my fiance. Um, and so, we do a pretty good job at making a variety of things and, um, and trying, we try to make things that the kids will like, but, um, but to instead it's like, we'll try to eat one vegetable, just try, you know? <laughs> and, um, but my stepdaughter, like I said, will eat a lot of things she wouldn't used to and, or didn't used to eat. So that 
I feel like is a win. You know, it takes a lot of time, but it doesn't help when you're like yelling at them at the table. They're not going to eat it. <laughs> yeah. You're just making it taste worse without them even trying it. Oh yeah. And another thing was, is like my stepson, he started to just like not want to sit at a certain spot at the table. He wanted to sit like at the breakfast bar. Um, and I know it was just mainly to like antagonize me and put me on edge and cause mm-hmm. a fight. And it worked. <laughs> yeah. I would fall through it. And, um, it wasn't a joke. Like he, he was, there was a certain point where he was so mad at me all the time. He did things just to like make me mad. And I know it like, and, um, and that was really hard. Cause like mainly it's like, it's like I told my fiance, I'm like, can't you see that he's doing? It's not because he wants to sit there. It's cause he knows he's, it's going to make me mad, you know? And then he wouldn't do anything, but you know, my retaliation is be like, fine, sit there. You know, it's like, I don't care. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, instead of, making it into an issue like I'm acting like a child just like he is when I act that way so right and then once you or once they realize they're not quote quote getting your goat by annoying you with that stuff then it takes the fun out of it but yeah again he wouldn't want to put his backpack away because to him that was like a way to be uh, doing something that uh, was the opposite of what I told him to do so Mm -hmm. he's sick of me telling him to do things and I don't blame him so now that I know what I was doing so um and uh one weird thing is when i could tell he was really angry with me is i have long hair and it's curly and so like when i take showers it falls out in massive clumps all the time same here <laughs> girl. Was a lot of hair well his thing was he would take a shower pull the hair out of the drain put it on my shampoo bottles and then go to his mom's and uh what? and then i yeah i don't know why but he he would do that and um and then i would tell my fiance about it and nothing would happen. And I, I it's like, again, it was just something to kind of like get at me. Cause he, he was mad at me. It was, you know, I was changing things and around and everything. And so like all these little things he would do just to like get back at me, you know, cause he knew his dad was going to stand up, like, you know, if I, if he didn't listen to me, but, mm-hmm. um, and then finally just like, that was the only thing I, I kind of didn't really not show. I, cause I just got sick of not it, you know, my fiance not resolving it or anything. And I finally told him, I was like, I've asked you nicely several times to stop doing that. You still are doing it and it's not okay. It's not nice. If you're mad at me, that's fine. You can tell me or whatever, but you're not going to keep doing that. And he hasn't done it since. So, Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sitting here going, why would he do that? And it's just to annoy you. It's almost like, here's your yucky hair. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, I know why now because, you know, his dad, if I said do something and he didn't do it, then his dad would be like, well, go do it. So-and-so told you to do it. Well, so I, in my mind, the way I can see it is he, um, you know, comes from his mom's house and then all of a sudden he's got nobody on his side here. Right. You know, he, can't, he can't even talk to his dad about it because he doesn't feel like he's going to, you know, listen or understand. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I, you know, ever since I started not showing, it's, it's gotten better because, you know, he, I think he feels like he can be open now and we haven't had instances like that. Um, I feel like I can talk to him a little bit more. I don't really try to like get too deep with him cause it's like, it's not my kid, but I do. If he, if he opens up to me, then I'll, um, I'll take advantage of the moment. But, um, but I, during that time when I wasn't not showing, it was, uh, um, I can see now where I'm at. Where I, where I was making mistakes, whereas at the time I just had no clue what I was doing wrong. Yeah, trying to trying to make a a blended family into a what do you call it, a nuclear family? Or yeah, it's not 
So, and I still try to explain that to my mom, how this isn't like a nuclear family and she has no idea. They don't get it. If you're not in it, you don't get it. Yeah. And she's like, no, well, you are the motherly figure when they're there. I'm like, no, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, well, you are. I'm like, no, I'm not. (laughs) You don't understand. And then they get mad. Like, for instance, like my fiance will have his kids over and I'll have to work and I'll be like, I'll ask him, do you want to watch my kids or should I get my mom to watch them while I'm at work? Um, some, and sometimes he'll watch them and sometimes he'll say that he wants my mom to watch them and she's like, doesn't understand that. Well, that's kind of not really his responsibility if he doesn't want to, you know, and I'm trying to just make, um, like, I really appreciate when he does do it, but I don't force him to feel obligated to, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she just assumes, well, he's the dad now. You know, it's like, well, it's not, you just don't understand. It's not quite like that. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> he is kind of, but there's still some things where it's not the same. So. Yeah. It's, it's kind of hard to explain it. Yeah. And I just try not, I just try to avoid having to explain it anymore because it just usually causes a fight. So I'm like, you just don't get it. So. Yeah. So it's hard for your mom to understand that. Yeah. Well, and I actually have, like, I met a friend on Facebook on a, um, on a stepmother's group page. Uh-huh. We met on there and we, and now whenever I'm having a really hard time with something and I feel like I can't talk to it with my fiance or I can't talk to it to anybody else about it because they won't understand. I talk to her and she does the same thing with me. Cause it's just like, you can't always find somebody who's going to understand where you're coming from or why you're doing something uh, the way you're doing it. And I, I'm so thankful for that person in my life. Cause I, um, there's been a lot of times where I, my fiance doesn't need to know everything that, um, that I think all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's not always beneficial. So <laughs> it's um, it's, it's interesting to go in these step parent groups or whatever. We had gotten, I had gotten in one. Golly, it had to be 2010, I guess. And me and like 20 other girls or whatever, we have become friends, and we're all over the world. We're not just you know in the same yeah. state or anything. Well, that's another reason I wanted a friend who wasn't in the same state so I could say things to her that I know would never come back to anybody in this little town. (laughs) Right. And um, so we've got this little group and, you know, here we are 10 years later and we still talk about stuff. A lot of them are no longer in step families. Um, A lot of them have started to get into step families because the, the other relationship didn't work out or something. And so we've, we've just grown with each other and it's, um, it's nice to have that. And a lot of times we'll just, we have this little secret group, you know, and somebody will post something in there just because they've got to get it off their chest and they can't say it anywhere else. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Because they know it won't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do you think that is driving the bio mom to be so high conflict? Um, she did mention in the mean text that she sent that she thinks that I'm trying to replace her and she does not care for that. And I've never, ever once done that. I've only, you know, her, um, like her kids will come over and they'll complain about something that happened in their house. And instead of exploiting that and being like, well, tell me more. I'm like, um, I'll, well, like, well, you know, I'm sure like you still had a good time or, you know, I'm sure, you know, I, I, I know that she is a good mom. And I know that she is just doing the best she can, you know, in a weird situation. Um, she's not handling it well the same way. I haven't always handled my situation well. Um, but I think, you know, I've noticed that uh, her daughter, you know, does, st- is starting to like me. Like last time she came over, she said for the first time ever, 
and she had been gone for a week and she said, stepmother, I miss you. I haven't mm-hmm. seen you in a long time and I want to have some girls time together. And, uh, I was like, wow, like my heart melted. I was like, I've never thought that this kid would ever care, you know? And so I was like, all right, we're painting our nails tonight. We're going to hang out, you know? <laughs> and, um, so that was nice. But I think that she's starting to see that her kids, that I'm a good person and that her kids like me. And, and she also knows that, um, because I'm in picture, she can't control my fiance anymore as much because I point out when she's trying to be controlling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and he's steps up for himself a little bit more now and, um, doesn't let her walk over him as much and walk all over him. And, uh, so I think that it's, it's a control thing on that top of that. And, um, you know, I'm 11 years younger than my fiance. So she did not like that at first. Um, she, she told, I know she told the kids this because I don't, I don't hear a nine year old talk this way, but like her, my stepson said, what is it? Cause at the time I was 25, I think she said to him, uh, what does a 25 year old know about being a parent? I was like, well, I got three kids. So <laughs> I might know something, <laughs> but yeah, you know, we all just learn as we go. Oh yeah. Like, no, I don't think anybody knows what they're doing until after the situation's over and then it's too late. <laughs> yeah. like, well, now I know what I would have done. But <laughs> yeah, you live and you learn. And, you know, that's like when I started doing the nacho thing, it was the complete opposite of what I was being told I should do, what I felt oh, like yeah. I should do, and what I had read that I should do. Yeah. So, I mean, it completely went against everything that we thought I should be doing. Yeah. I didn't uh, quite tell my fiance that I was doing it at first because I didn't feel like he would understand. I didn't tell him at first because I um, didn't know if it would work. And I also didn't know if he would take it as that. I'm going to ignore your kids because I don't like them. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not what I meant at all. Right. And then once I started doing it and started seeing the benefits and how it was working. And also once I had to come to terms with that, I was actually a good portion of the problem. <laughs> uh, I told him about it and what I was doing and stuff. And, uh, and he, he started understanding why it was beneficial and, you know, and in some ways we've implemented it with my own kids. Um, and, uh, so that's been nice. So, but I don't think we me and him really have to do it too much with my kids cause he's basically their dad in their life and, and they pretty much respond really well to him as their dad. So, right. Because they don't have, they don't go to their dads. There's no conflict there or there's no loyalty bonds. Yeah. And I, um, I've never like lied to my kids or anything like they know they have another dad. They, you know, I've talked to them about it. They've asked questions and I, I give them the best answers I can for, you know, they're like seven. So it's like, you can't go into too much detail, but, um, I never try to make them hate him because he has, and that's really hard to do with the situation he put us in. But, um, I really try to be careful with my words and how I talk about him because it's like, I, I'll let them decide if they want to hate him when they get older, you know, mm-hmm. um, wait, cause they'll, they'll eventually want to meet him and I'll work that out when that time comes. But right. At this point in time, uh, I just give them the best answers I can and I don't want them to hate him. I want them to figure that out for themselves. So, right. And they will, they will. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, um, before we wrap up, you made a comment about you realizing that you were a good portion of the problems. Yeah. I know a lot of stepmoms are like, oh, no, I'm not the problem. Mm-hmm. They're the problem or the kids are the problem or the husband's the problem. Everybody's the problem but them. 
Yeah. And I know it's not easy when you come to realize that you're part of the problem. Oh, yeah. When you started feeling that way, did you beat yourself up and feel like nobody likes me? You know, I'm the one causing issues. Or was it more of, okay, I can see where I'm part of the problem. Let me regroup and see how I can change to better the blend. Uh, I think that for a while I kind of tried to ignore the fact that I was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to admit that you're wrong. Yeah, be like, no, no, that's not me. That, that can't be right. Once I was finally able to admit that, things got better. And, um, you know, and there's still like other people who need to work on, but that's, you know, again, I'm, I'm not, you gotta look at it this way. Okay. When his kids grew up, I want, um, I don't want to be part of the reason if let's say they went to therapy and they're like, well, a good portion of this therapy session is because of my stepmother, you know, like I don't, I, I want, um, you know, if, if they succeed or fail in life, I don't, um, especially if they fail, like I don't want it to be because of me, you know, and, it's their parents' responsibility to make sure that um, whether they succeed or fail. And it's my responsibility. Like I need to stop. My biggest thing that hurt me was that I realized how much I was focusing on his kids and forgetting my own. Yes. And we don't even realize we do it, but you know, that saying, and I say this a hundred million times, I swear that what you focus on will grow. So if you're focusing on what their kids are doing wrong, you're not even focusing on your own kids. Oh yeah. And then once I started not showing and like ignoring things that his kids would do, I started noticing how much I was letting my kids slack on what they should be doing. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's like you start to know I started to notice that like, Oh, I'm kind of like, uh, for instance, I, I, me and my fiance, we had a talk a while back and I was like, I feel like I never, cause he got really used to taking control of parenting my kids. And I kind of just let him do it cause they responded well. Right. And then it got to the point where it's like, every time I tried to parent them, I felt like, I was getting talked and stuff and it was really frustrating. Um, and so I talked to him about it and then, so he's kind of been like, fine, you take over. And then I realized how much I've been like leaning on him to do a good portion of the parenting mm-hmm. for my kids. And I was like, Oh, I haven't been practicing what I preach. <laughs> you know. And so, <laughs> um, so it, you know, I've been giving him a lot of the burden that he didn't need to have. And that wasn't fair. So, and he, right. he's a great parent, but I just, I, um, yeah, we definitely need to balance that a little bit, but yeah, because your kids need you to parent them. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like his kids for a while were so used to me just like parenting them and like bossing around stuff. So like his son was like my, my step or the stepdaughter is like bugging him or whatever. My stepson's sister was bugging him or whatever. And I'd be like, well, go tell your dad. <laughs> and he looked at me like, why aren't you doing anything? <laughs> yeah, like, did, did you hear me? <laughs> So like uh, she gonna go home to her mom and tell her I like slapped her or something. I'm not gonna do nothing. Like yeah, <laughs> I'm not doing nothing. When you first started not showing, did your significant other notice you were stepping back? I mean, did he? Fi- I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if he. Did. I think he just noticed that it was less tense. Is all until I um, finally told him. I was like, I found this uh, Facebook page that has really been beneficial to me, and I've seen um, it help my family a lot. And um, I felt like there's no guiding posts for anything um, with being a step parent. And that mm-hmm. was really scary because I'm the kind of person that like, if I can't find a solution to a problem, I'm going to panic and start to freak out. So, um, so once I felt like I found some sort of um, guidelines on how to kind of maneuver things and it was such a relief. You know? <laughs> and, um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's been so helpful and I appreciate it so much. And I, I don't know how long we would have lasted without it. That's the scary thought. So 
Well, I'm so glad that you found it. And, you know, you, you've come a long way. I could tell that in the first few minutes of talking to you. And it's not easy. You know, it's not. And part of the reason it's not easy is because we do have to realize that mm, we might be part of the problem. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times I've noticed, um, this is when I say people have made it to step two of not showing. When you realize it's not really the stepkids that's the problem, it's the parenting from the bio parents that's the problem. Yeah, I have noticed that recently. Yeah. And then you have to shift to, okay, whether I agree with it or not, I have to let them parent like they see fit. Exactly. Yeah. I, I pretty much the only time I will like voice up an opinion is if some sort of bullying is going on in between my kids and his now. But other than that, I try to, I try really hard to keep my opinions to myself. Yeah. And it's even hard with that because, um, and I've talked about this a lot too, there's that fine line between letting them bond like siblings because siblings fight. My, yeah, no, we let them fight. Definitely. Yeah. There's too much of them to constantly keep track. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause some, some of my best memories with my sister are us fighting. <laughs> yeah. And, and you want them to be able to take up for their self. But yeah, if, I mean, if it's bullying where you can see that it's affecting your child in a very negative way, then you never nacho stuff like that. Never. Oh yeah. No, I, I mean, and, and like I said, it, it's not just your average like sibling fighting. It's, if it's borderline, like either, even my kids, like if it's like, Hey, you're just being mean. Like, <laughs> yeah. Then, then I'm going to say something, but yeah. Cause kids can be mean girl. You know that. Oh yeah. Well, and e even my kids, like my kids are the ones that are pretty much always getting disciplined around here. Like his kids are pretty well behaved. I mean, sometimes his daughter will sometimes get pretty, um, she doesn't like to share at all. Like I've said that before. And that causes a lot of issues. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, and, but um, but it's my kids that I'm usually getting on to. So. <laughs> but, and I, and you know, and I think that they go home and they tell their mom, they're like, she, like, like they're always yelling. It's like, yeah, it's cause like I got three kids that don't listen to me. So, Well, I have to say, I think you were probably the first guest that we have had that has admitted that their kids are probably worse than the stepkids. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my kids are a handful, you know? Yeah, all of our are. It's just easier to say the stepkids because most people don't notice it with their kids as much as they do the stepkids. Well, and, you know, it's, um, I know it's a lot of uh, changes in all the kids, you know, with me um, changing and yeah, my fiance together uh, trying to um, parent differently. And they, uh, they're all doing better. And I, and there's sometimes where I have to explain to my kids where, um, you know, why do so-and-so stepkids get to do this and I don't? And it's like, well, you know, and I'm like, I don't make those rules for them, you know, I'm like, but I do make the rules for you. So, Yeah. And a lot of people will say, well, my kid didn't take that as a good answer. Uh, what? Your kid didn't take that as a good answer. So little Johnny next door, if his parents don't make him do chores, they don't care if he makes good grades and he gets to run up and down the road selling drugs. Are you going to let your kids do it just because, your kids don't go, well, I don't think that you just saying, well, you're my mom and not his matters. Well, and sometimes if I don't think that it's fair either, I'll just tell them, well, why don't you go ask dad? <laughs> like why he lets them do that? Yeah. And sometimes it's not fair. Yeah. But it's not, you don't change your parenting or your expectations of your kids because somebody else does theirs differently. Oh yeah. And like, for instance, like I, um, my stepdaughter would do a lot of, um, I say uh, sports and stuff 
And so she usually starts sports and then she doesn't want to do them. And then she sits out and then she like, and it's just caused a lot of like, it's just irritating. Cause like if I, my kid is in a sport, like that costs a lot of money and I'm like, you're going to participate. And so like, I would get frustrated with that. Well, I was sitting at one of her volleyball games once and it was just, she was acting that way. And I was like, which I would, I didn't say anything to her or do anything, but I was like, why am I letting this bother me? And I was just like, I'm kind of ruining this moment for when my kids start doing sports, you know, I'm like putting this, I'm going to remember this forever having this feeling when I could just be like, well, someday my kid's going to do volleyball or soccer and I could just enjoy watching my kid do volleyball and soccer and not be like, well, I remember when so-and-so did volleyball and soccer and she acted like this and I didn't care for it. You know, it's like, yeah, your kids will be like, no, I don't want to do anything like that because mom gets mad the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And so now if she, you know, we go to her sports and if she does want to participate or whatever, I don't care. You know? <laughs> yeah. We had a conversation one time with somebody that said, when I sign my kids up, they're going to finish whatever they sign up for. Well, I mm -hmm. understand that. I do. But mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you, I, as a parent, I do tend to take the path of least resistance. I'm <laughs> not going to fight with my kid to send him to violin lessons if he does not want to go. Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't want to scream at your kid to get in the car so you can go to violin lessons and they're not going to participate like they should. And then, you know, you pick them up and you're mad because they didn't participate like they should. I mean, yeah, I can understand some points of it, but if they don't want to do it, it's not going to be good for anybody. No. Yeah. But it was, that was another light bulb moment for me was just realizing like I'm ruining a moment that I'm going to get to enjoy with my kids someday just because I'm not enjoying it now. doesn't mean like, you know, I can't enjoy it with my kids. So. Yeah, but you're, you're going to scare your kids where they're going to be like, mm -mm, I'm not signing up for anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, stepmom from Washington State, it has been a pleasure having you as a guest and we really appreciate it. I appreciate having you guys around. It's really made a difference in my life and I'm so thankful for it. Oh, well, thank you. That's what we do it for, girl. Well, keep in touch with us and let us know how things are going. Um, I always tell people, you know, that we'd like to have you back and I mean that. Well, I'm only on what, since we've moved in together, what, almost year two, probably going on three. So yeah, see, <laughs> we'll see, you know, um, things have gotten, I think a lot better. And I think that if I keep, if we keep doing what we're learning and learning as we go, then it'll continue to be good. So that's right. Can't control bio mom ever, but you can control how, you know, you step parent. Right. And you can control how you let those things affect you. Yeah. And focus on my fiance. That's a big one. Like don't get so caught up in the stepkid drama and the baby mama drama that you forget your husband so. or your own kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Th those are really good um, things to remember because we do get wrapped up in things. And the next thing you know, we're mad at the stepkids about something. And then our kid comes in and asks us a question and we're short with them when they haven't done anything. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. So take that stress away and nacho girl. Yeah. Well, thank you again and keep in touch. Let us know how things are going. I will do that. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You know what? What? I'm so glad that we decided to do nacho kids. Why is that? Because during the interview, she states once she started nachoing, things got better instantly. Mm -hmm. We're really helping people, David. I know. Well, We've talked about this before. It's always worth mentioning because you never know who's heard it and who hasn't. But it's we feel like everything we went through was for a purpose. And um, I think the first time I mentioned that, I said it was for a porpoise. But anyway. You did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, we, I do. I feel like 
honestly feel like that's that th- this is your calling specifically. Like I I have never seen you happier than when you're helping people. I've never seen you um, more fulfilled than I do when you're helping blended families, especially uh, stepmoms, go through the things that we went through and get to the other side. And so um, I'm glad that we went through what we went through. And um, not that I want to do it all over again, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that we went uh, through it and it was terrible. People listening to us now and seeing us now, they probably don't think it was all that bad. It's like, oh, it couldn't have been that bad. They made it. It was terrible. But anyway, we won't rehash <laughs> We this. should have recorded podcasts when things were so bad. <laughs> we weren't even hardly talking to each other, much less recording podcasts. I know, but could you imagine doing a podcast and be like, yeah, your kid, blah, 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 blah. I don't like them and they don't like me. And then you go, well, you just need to move out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it was... Uh, no, I, I'm I'm thankful that we went through it. I'm also thankful that you and I both had the ability to look at the situation from each other's point of view and also just step back and look at the situation as a whole because we wouldn't have, have gotten through it, nor we, would we have gotten where we are today if it was always looking at what problems the other person or other people are causing. Right. You know, that's one thing that she mentioned during the interview, that she realized that she was a good portion of the problems. Right. And, uh, you know, that happens all the time where people come to the conclusion or the realization where they have some responsibility. And I, don't, I hate to say they're part of a problem, but they do have some responsibility in what's going on. And they're not the only ones. Typically, the responsibility, there's plenty to hand hand out and share (laughs) with this, you know. Here's the thing. You can have a good impact on the people around you, or you can have a not-so-good impact. Yeah. You're going to have one or the other, though. Right. And if you go into a room and you're all grumpy, do you think everybody else is going to stay happy? No. Mm -mm. And if you go into a room and everybody else is grumpy and you're happy... You better run because they're going to take your happiness away. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to steal your joy. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be careful. Yep. I know one I know one thing that I've learned a lot over the years, which is to be very thoughtful of my response. Because sometimes, and, I, do you, and you may do this too, but sometimes you have this thing in your head. It's like, if I say something to you, your initial response is going to be like snappy. Then you catch yourself just before you open your mouth and you're like, wait a minute, let me, let me backtrack and say this a little nicer. <laughs> <laughs> even though, even though in my head I'm aggravated, I don't want that aggravation to come out in what I say because it's going to seem like I'm attacking you. And in some cases it probably is attacking you, but just want to let's not go there. I don't want to. Turn this into a fight when it does it doesn't need to be, mm-hmm. and that's something I think I've do, I've gotten a pretty good at because some days I'm not even aggravated necessarily you just aggravated at things that are going on, and I have to be very very cautious to not allow that to seep into how I'm dealing with other people or dealing with you, you know the kids stepkids whatever. That's it's hard to do sometimes. I mean sometimes I'm aggravated at the dogs, <laughs> and then. You know, step kid walks into the room and says something, asks me a question, then I could I could easily turn around and snap at him. You know, 
this is a bad time for you to ask me some stupid question. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I don't. I just, I try to chill out and be like, give me just a minute. I got something going on and then I'll be right with you. And that's so much better because I took something that could have been like, wow, you're being a complete douchebag today and I'm not going to talk to you for the rest of the week if you're going to treat me like that. I took mm-hmm. I took that situation, which was what it could have been, and turned it into, you know, a situation where he's like, "All right, cool. I'll give you five or ten minutes, and then we'll pick up where we left off." Or he might even say, "Well, what can what can I do to help you?" Because maybe he sees that you know the dog knocked something over on the floor or whatever. He might step in to help me, but if I snap at him, he's gonna be like, "Screw that! I'm walking off." Right. So you know how how things turn out have a lot to do with how you talk to people and how you handle people in this situation. Right. And how we react to things. Oh, exactly. Well, I like to say how we respond because we want to switch people from reaction to response to responding. A reaction I think is like, you know, when the doctor hits your knee with the hammer thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> all these doctors listen and be like, Oh my God, he called it a hammer thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what it's called, but the hammer thing. <laughs> yeah. The, the thing looks like a, a, a nacho. <laughs> Yeah, on a stick. Yeah, a and caveman hit, tool. Yeah, they hit your your knee with it, and then all of a sudden your leg flops up in the air. I think that's how a lot of people respond to people. It's like you just got hit in the knee, and all of a sudden you're just like kicking that leg hey, up in the air. That's where the phrase knee jerk reaction comes exactly. from. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So don't have a knee jerk reaction, but yet have a response. And responses to me are things that are tactful. They are intelligent. They are meaningful, you know, things like that. You know, are are they, is it a response that you would want to receive? Right. That's a good way to look at it. Yep. I have a good example. Okay. The other day when you had your cereal bowl that still had milk in it <laughs> and you were getting the dog to jump up on the couch and you spilt milk everywhere on the dog, on the couch, <laughs> on the floor, on the rug. And of course you got annoyed. Yeah, but I didn't blow up. No, but it wasn't good. Yeah, all I did was like, ugh. Yeah, but I know it made you mad. So my response was, I got it. You said, clean the dog, I'll clean the rest. Yeah, I said, you take care of the dog, I'll get the rest. (laughs) Now, of course, I'm not going to lie and say that while I was cleaning up, that I was not thinking, what in the world are you doing with a cereal bowl with milk in your hand and calling that crazy dog up there? I was doing it did because did you of the, not see this was going to happen there, sunshine? No, sunshine, because I was doing it to get the dog away from you. I was doing you a favor, and it cost me to have to have a milk everywhere. What was he doing? I don't remember what he was doing, but oh, I remember yeah. you were doing something, and I'm like trying to get the dog away from you. I don't remember. Maybe you were vacuuming or something like that, and he was attacking the vacuum cleaner. I don't remember exactly what it was, but see, my first thought was. Oh, here I am trying to do something for her, and it blows up in my face. And so I could have been mad about that, but instead I was like, oh, screw it. That was your first thought? Yeah. My first thought was, dang it. You know, I didn't need the dog over here either, but I called him over here to to help you out, and now I've got a whole pile of crap to clean up. Oh. And see, if I'd have known that's what you were thinking— my response would have been, you're the one that got the dog in the first place. <laughs> and then my response would have been, you're the one that moved in in the first place. <laughs> and then my response would have been, well, you asked me to. My response would have been, everybody makes mistakes. And my response would have been, you should have never rode that Harley. And my response would have been, you shouldn't have been <laughs> on the internet looking for a hookup. 
<laughs> oh Lord help. All right, David. Let's say bye. <laughs> All, right. All right, folks. Now you know how to fight. <laughs> just for y'all who don't know, we just went back twelve years. <laughs> yeah, that quick. Yeah. We fussed about stuff having twelve years ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, folks. That's our show for today. Please join us next week when we're talking more stuff about nachoing and all that fancy stuff to help you with your blend. And always remember that life is good when you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.